Welcome to the DLF Dynasty Podcast with your hosts, Dan Myler, Ryan McDowell, and Matt Price. Yeah, we are the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I am Dan, that's Matt. Over there is Ryan, and we are hitting you with episode 572 of the show. Lots to cover, including some unhappy veterans, uh, some wide receivers that maybe we could target as contenders. And then we're going to do the same thing we did a week ago, uh, but this week with the wide receiver class. Last week, we talked about 2022 and 2023 blended rankings for running backs. We're going to do that for wide receivers, get everybody set up uh, on that wide receiver mark, uh, those those cornerstone type rankings and tiers. We'll cover those. But first, uh, let's talk to Matt. Matt, you ready to talk wideouts this week? Yeah, we got those dirty running backs out of the way, so Ryan didn't have to talk about them last week. And uh, wide receivers are, are more fun anyway, right? So we all play in PPR leagues. We all play in leagues where we can – flex six wide receivers right so uh this is the this is the good stuff today yeah lots of good stuff ryan how you doing bud you back back from vacation rested up from your vacation yeah you know that's not the truth uh (laughs) (laughs) disney is not a vacation just just a trip uh but yeah thanks for uh thanks for taking the uh running back bullet for me i didn't have to talk about those worthless uh runners uh, last week but no I, I did uh i was able to check out the show on on the the drive back and uh enjoyed that good conversation and looking forward to some more good conversation about uh pass catchers today yeah matt i think that might be the nicest thing ryan has ever said to you he said he enjoyed our conversation <laughs> that is that's uh bit, you know it's, as good as it it's, gets. Hard, it's hard to impress ryan so uh, any any kind words is no is appreciated. Not, not for you <laughs> matt uh matt stepped into uh matt williamson's seat uh alongside me over at the uh locked on dynasty podcast uh this week and did a great job on that as well we talked about the Bengals and and the browns um so no he, he's matt matt's awesome i love matt course oh, thanks buddy wow you're we'll awesome to snip that out dan you're pretty okay as well <laughs> the startup yeah let's talk about some disgruntled veterans during minicamp and you know the the news doesn't come in uh quite as fast this time of year as other parts of the off season but there have been a couple veterans that aren't showing up to otas and and the main name on this list, probably Ryan, is Stefan Diggs. He missed those OTAs in April. Uh, he missed the opening day of May OTAs as well. There's there's all this kind of news that's hitting Twitter about uh, how he's disgruntled, how he's unhappy about the uh, offense and the game plan, and that he has no say in these type of things. And man, this this really reminds me of when he was in the outs in Minnesota and then they found Buffalo as a new home. He really fell into a great situation. Diggs has a history of this kind of, uh, I guess, I guess this attitude and it's coming around again. And he, man, he's in an awfully good spot to be doing this again. Yeah. I think there was a lot of confusion um, last week when we heard this report uh, of Diggs not attending uh, mini camp because he had he had gotten that new deal four years nearly a hundred million dollars he signed i believe that was just last uh last off season so yeah the contract should not be an issue and and it sounds like it's not an issue uh but yeah this i don't know this is this is a weird one it certainly seems like uh Diggs and josh allen have uh you know gotten along very well um during their their time as teammates and uh, like they value each other. You look at the way that Stefan Diggs ended last season. He, he was basically uh, putting up his typical production, a wide receiver one game, uh, you know, just, just about every week. And then you look at the last month of the season, wide receiver 59, wide receiver 40, wide receiver 69, and then ended the year uh, with the big game and finished as the wide receiver four. Of course, that goes along with, uh, Josh Allen's injury to, I believe his elbow, you know, that probably factors in it's, 
I mean, as an outsider, it's just hard to find anything wrong with this situation. So you really wonder what Diggs' motivation is right now. Well, there, you know, there's all kinds of rumors on, on what what kind of creates this this attitude and why he feels this way. We don't exactly know what's true, but like you said, there, the situation is perfect for Diggs to be an elite premier wide receiver, not only in the fantasy game, but I think it, from NFL standpoint as well. Matt, when you when you look at Diggs and you see him on your dynasty roster right now, are you concerned for the the 2023 season or even beyond that? I mean, if it feels like it's just going to be a it just feels like a veteran kind of thing, like I, I don't want to participate in training camp kind of thing and I I feel like he's going to be on the field there. But come on, Stefan Diggs. This is this is why we have this this like narrative out there that wide receivers are divas. Like you got your money, you're the yeah. number one target. Like, okay, maybe maybe you're not in the play calling room. Maybe that's Josh Allen and uh, the offensive coordinator and head coach and all that. But like, like what? I just don't understand what he has to complain about. So, I mean, there must be something that we are are not privy to uh, outside of the locker room, outside of that organization. But I, I feel like at the end of the day, he's just gonna probably show up. Um, but I, I do think it's interesting to talk about what would happen if he's not there. Like we were pretty soured on Gabe Davis last year. Some of us, you know, weren't, weren't necessarily on board with his emergence last year. And that didn't really come to a fruition. Uh, Khalil Shakur, Kira, we really like. Um, but like, it's like it, after you get sites out of digs without digs, like all these other complimentary pieces are, are, are fine. You can make the offense work. Uh, we have we have uh, the rookie Dalton Kincaid there, who I've been fading this offseason. If Dig does miss time, it seems like he could be a, a real benefactor of this. Um, so to me, the interesting discussion is what happens in the small chance that, that Diggs doesn't make it uh, on the field for whatever reason for week one. Well, you said the the right word there, Matt. The, the Those guys are – they're not primary targets. They're complementary pieces. Yeah. That's the word you use, complementary. And, I, you know, we, we tried to push – uh, Gabe Davis into that elite wide receiver two range because he had digs on the other side, taking all that coverage away. And it's clear he doesn't fit that role. So he can't be that primary guy. Shakir is that, that gadgety slot guy that, that can move in and out of cuts uh, quickly, but he's not going to be a premier part of your offense. You're not giving him 140 targets. So I, I, that just doesn't exist in that offense beyond digs. I think Ryan, you said it best. He he got that he got that money a year ago. He got paid elite money twelve months ago, and already he's got problems uh, mm-hmm. with the front office, with the play calling, maybe even with Josh Allen. Some reports suggest those guys butted heads in the playoffs as well. If if that's the case, I just as a dynasty manager right now, I have digs in a couple spots, and at the very least, I'm I'm looking real close, and if I can. If I can pivot to the same type, the same tier of receiver, I might be willing to do that at this point. Yeah, Matt hit on the the diva, you know, word and that of course that used to be something. I mean, we're all we're all old guys at this point. That <laughs> that used to be something that we heard a lot with the wide receiver position and it kind of went away as you know the the top of the wide receiver rankings have been Justin Jefferson and and Jamar Chase and Cooper Cup and CD Lamb for the past handful of years or past couple of years at least and um I I would not label those guys as divas. So Stefan Diggs is kind of reminding us of the TO years and the yeah. Ocho Cinco mm-hmm. years and that's not that's not really a good thing uh in my opinion. So yeah, none of it really makes sense. Um you know, we look at that Bills depth chart and we really like it, I think, and, and it feels like they've got a nice, deep receiver core. Uh, but if you took him out of it, it would suddenly look like uh, a, a hot mess. And uh, I don't see any of those guys, Gabe Davis included, who are ready to serve as the wide receiver one on a team, especially a Super Bowl contender. The latest thing I read was from head coach Sean McDermott, who said, hey, we're we're good. Everything's fine. Uh, both sides are in a good spot. I read all those comments and that might be coach speak either way. Um, the trade the trade finder suggests there's you can make pivots. You can 
you can jump around to some of these other wide receivers. I saw Diggs for uh, Drake London with some other stuff involved. Dr- mm. Diggs for Kelvin Ridley in a first. That that was one trade. A, a DJ Moore pivot. Um, mm. There was also, I, th- I think, a T. Higgins pivot in there as well. So um, those are the types of deals if you're if you if you got an uneasy stomach about what's going on there. He's he's burned some bridges reportedly in the past. Minnesota got sick of the song and dance and got what they could. Um, it, nothing suggests the Bills are going to do that, but but Diggs doesn't seem happy right now, and and I don't think anybody would be surprised if this drug on through the rest of the off season, uh, at least until the days leading up to the preseason and the regular season. The other name that's been in the news, Matt, has been running back Saquon Barkley. Of course, the Giants they they franchise tagged Saquon earlier in the off season, but Everything out of New York says Saquon doesn't want to play on that tag. He wants a he wants a new long term deal. Um, Barkley himself, I guess, suggests he might even sit out the entire twenty twenty three season. So we could have a Le'Veon Bell type situation here. We'll see how quickly this escalates. What are your thoughts on Saquon's situation uh, with the Giants? Yeah, this was a, another rough one from a team perspective. I think because much like there's not a lot behind Diggs, there's Behind Barkley, we got Matt Breida. We're, you know, we're moderately excited about Eric Gray if he was to get an opportunity, the rookie with Gary Brightwell. Like these are these are not a names that expire inspire confidence, right? So this team that's on on the on the up and ups, uh, you know, with Brian Dable, they showed some life last year. Daniel Jones like showed that he might be an NFL quarterback. But without Barkley, like this, this team, the offense does not look nearly as good. So uh, this is a scary one. Um, I don't, I don't really know. This one feels more serious than the Diggs situation, to be honest with, honest with you. This is a running back taking a stand on the state of the running back contracts and uh, playing on the tag is, you know, it's not a, it's not a great deal. Uh, I mean, obviously it's, it's fine, probably fine for a year for, for, for one year, but like running backs, we know if Saquon was playing on this one deer year, one year deal, he gets hurt. And like his long-term future uh, in terms of making money is, is in serious jeopardy. So I don't fault him at all. Uh, for this move, but for the team itself, it seems like they need to make this guy happy if they want to make any noise this year in the NFC East. I, I agree that it seems more serious than the uh, the dig situation. I mean, we hear we hear the occasional threat to sit out the entire season, and you know, I I never really believe those will happen, but uh, of course, you know, it does happen. I mean, we did see it. Uh, we, we've seen it a couple times at least out over the years. So, you know, I guess, I guess he could be the next one, uh, in line that pulls that, but this is really part of a, a bigger picture issue that, that could impact the NFL could certainly impact fantasy football is just the way the running backs are being valued. And we've talked about it for so long that, uh, fantasy and dynasty kind of mimic the NFL and in devaluing the position, but these players are, uh, you know, are being hurt by, by this and um, just the refusal to pay uh, to pay up in in, kind of in, in line with other positions, you know, we're starting to hear more and more about it. And I mean, I don't know what these players intend to do, but I mean, they've talked about, I, I even heard the, they sh- they should form a running back only yeah, player union. Like, I mean, I don't I don't even know what the, what that would look like or, or what that would entail. But um, there there's certainly growing frustration among the uh, the position. I mean, Matt, you and I talked about <clears throat> uh, talked about Joe Mixon on the other podcast, and you know the Bengals are even trying to lower his salary because they recognize the fact that they overpaid him uh, a year ago based on the current market. So even the running backs who got their bag uh, are, are trying to have it or, you know, are possibly having, having it taken away by teams. Mute. You're muted. And that goes back to what we seen with Delvin Cook just a week ago when when they didn't want to give him that money that was that was in that contract. So they just simply outright released him. And now now Saquon gets this this ten million dollar tag, which when you compare that 
to the rest of the league or the running backs around that league, that, that sounds fine. But we all know the wear and tear that these running backs take on every single Sunday. And uh, these guys can go down so easily with serious injuries. He's looking for that, that more guaranteed contract, something like what, what Zeke got a few years ago. And even they got out of that contract here this off season as well. So it's a, it's kind of a delicate situation when you talk about these running backs I know these running backs are, are frustrated. We, we heard all the Austin Eckler talk this offseason. He got a pay raise to stay for one year and a guarantee that he won't get tagged a year from now and can hit that open market. Really feels to me, unless you're available to sign with somebody on the opening day of free agency, it's going to be difficult for you to get that contract, uh, that second and even third contract as a running back. We'll have to stay tuned to see how that plays out. Uh, let's move on, guys. Let's talk trade. Yeah, let's talk trade. We talked about running back targets to to uh, go find out there on the trade market for contenders a week ago. Let's transition that conversation to wide receivers. And I think I, I, I can speak for all of us guys that, that there's a clear tier one of trade targets, those guys that you can plug into your wide receiver one spot if you're one player away from contending. That, that tier consists of Cooper Cup, Stephon Diggs, who we just talked about, Devontae Adams, and Tyreek Hill, all aging uh, late 20s, early 30s wide receivers, but putting up wide receiver one numbers every single year. Uh, ADP suggests, Matt, that um, Stephon Diggs is the guy to target. If they're all the same cost, his ADP, wide receiver 10. Uh, Tyreek Hill down there at wide receiver 14, Cup at wide receiver 16. And Devontae Adams at wide receiver 17. I have a feeling you're not going to follow ADP, though. You're going to go a different way if they're all the same cost. Uh, no way. It's Cooper Cub. I mean, can if he is fully healthy and Stafford is fully healthy, like we know the state of that offense. The, the wide receiver, too, is Tutu Atwell or Puka Nakua. Like, I feel like Cup is going to has a chance to like set the record in terms of targets. And if he stays healthy, maybe set the record in terms of receptions. Uh, like he, uh, I guess he didn't quite get there. Did he get there? I don't remember two years ago. Um, but uh, another similar kind of season, just because the, the volume is going to be out of control. So uh, he's the easy grab for me in this range. I think Tyree kill is also in the discussion digs. I'm probably out on and at the same price and and probably Adams too, just because of that quarterback situation is Garoppolo going to be healthy. If not, who are we turning to Are we turning to Hoyer or um, uh, the rookie they drafted uh, Aiden Aiden O'Connell and Aiden Aiden O'Connell. So, uh, I mean, he's proven that he can do it with lesser quarterbacks. I mean, Derek Carr, even, even we're going to call him a lesser quarterback is probably still, you know, a tier or two above the guys that they have currently on the roster. And if it's not Jimmy G, then I'm just really afraid for his situation. But Cooper Cup, uh, I guess you could say the same thing about Stafford. If Stafford isn't right, then he's going to have issues as well. Uh, but he feels like the safest and the highest ceiling of any of the, these guys outside of maybe Tyreek Hill. Yeah, Cup, 17 games back in 2021, 145 catches, 1,947 yards in those 16 touchdowns. Really, he was on pace to do the same thing last year as well, guys. Yeah. Uh, he, in nine games, he had 75 grabs for 800 yards and six touchdowns. <laughs> and I, I'm not even sure if he played all those games with Stafford. I, I can't quite remember, but either way, uh, cup seems like the guy, especially if you're looking for a guy for this year, it's 2023 or bust Ryan. Is there another name? If you had to pick one that you, you'd choose out of this tier of, of wide receiver one. It's hard to get away from Cooper Cup. He, he's had four full games over the past two seasons where he wasn't a wide receiver one, four games. <laughs> That's it. Um, so unreal. He he would certainly be my number one target. Really, I, I think my plan B, if I can't get Cup, is simply to to get the guy that's the cheapest uh, ADP suggests that's Devonte Adams, but I still expect um, even after our digs conversation, I still expect high level wide receiver one range uh, production from all four of these guys. So the, the one that is the cheapest and uh, is, is the one I'm going to target. If that's a startup draft, it's likely Devonte Adams. If it's an existing league, it really becomes a team by team situation. You know, if I'm competing, uh, with 
with Dan and he's got, you know, he's got Devonte Adams, his old favorite, then I'm probably ignoring that and, and going to shop for Tyree kill or, uh, or, or cup or, or digs instead. So, um, you know, like, like most things, it becomes a team and league specific, uh, situation, but I think all four of these guys make, uh, for solid trade targets for contending teams. Yeah, that tier is clear, and that's not always available, as you kind of suggested there. A lot of those guys are already on contending teams, so you need to you need to dig a little bit deeper if you're going to go find a wide receiver that can that can fill a need for you. So, in the wide receiver two tier, there's there's a handful of guys that are 27 years old, 26, 27, 28 years old. Those names include Debo Samuel, who's wide receiver 18. Uh, he's 27 years old. Chris Godwin, he's a 27 year old wideout, uh, wide receiver 21. DJ Moore's just 26, but moving to Chicago, he could be available via trade at wide receiver 22. And then down there, a little bit lower, Terry McLaurin, wide receiver 25. That's a travesty. He's 27 years old. And Kelvin Ridley, we can bring him into the conversation as well. Wide receiver 27, 28 years old. These guys have a little bit more tread on the tires, I would say, Ryan. If there's somebody in this wide receiver two, wide receiver three tier that you want to build around to go go try to win the championship, who's the guy for you? I think McLaurin would be my my first option here. Um, the the more I I read and and uh, honestly just think about this Washington offense, I'm excited with the uh, coaching change that they've made. Uh, bring in uh, Eric Bieniemy from the Chiefs. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about how he's going to use the running backs and, and Gibson and Brian Robinson and those guys. But uh, I think uh, his impact on, uh, on McLaurin on the passing game in general could be huge. Um, I'm certainly coming around on Sam Howell as well. McLaurin is really, I mean, you look at his career, he, he's, he's been very inconsistent. Uh, I think it would be a surprise. He's been a wide receiver one in just 21% of his games, which is uh not not very low, but fairly low compared to others in that range. Most of the names that you just mentioned, Dan, um, he's he's really a boomer bust type player. We don't think of him in that in that way, but that's that's what the numbers suggest. So uh, I think um, you know he's kind of becoming the Allen Robinson of this generation, the guy who just never has a good quarterback. I don't know if Sam Howell will be that good quarterback for him. Uh, but if he's not, I, I think they find one in, uh, in in 2024. Matt, would there be somebody out of this tier for you that you'd, you'd like to build around or, or try to get that title with? Yeah, I went with Chris Godwin. And the, this Buccaneers offense is is not good. We know that it's probably going to be Baker Mayfield <laughs> at quarterback, right? And, you know, maybe he has a, a renaissance. But it seems very unlikely. It also seems like this team is – you know, kind of in a little bit in tank mode. So we'll see what happens. But Godwin is still extremely talented, uh, you know, started the year coming off the injury from the previous season. Uh, and, you know, once he got on the field, he was he was good. He's We know that he's good. He's he's only 27 years old. Next season, they, they do have a potential out in his contract, um, according to Spotrack. And if not, then, you know, after the 2024 season, certainly. Um, so there's still, there's still uh, hope that he can – either land in a better situation or they are are able to acquire a better quarterback for him. Um, So he's still the wide receiver that I want, or really the, the main player, I guess I would say the number one target for that off from that Tampa Bay offense for me, if we're going to uh, go searching the bad teams for, for options in our fantasy lineups. Uh, And I just don't think much has changed with Godwin. Uh, And we used to value him as a, you know, in the, in the mid, mid teens, uh, maybe even higher. Uh, I'm not sure, but uh, he's he's somebody who I think is undervalued currently. Yeah, I think he's a little undervalued as well. If I had to pick somebody out of this this group of players, I'd probably go with Godwin as well. Although those Jacksonville receivers, Ridley yeah. and even Christian Kirk, you could throw his name in Rid- there as well. Yeah. If if you feel like you could decipher how they're going to use Ridley now that he's back in the league and and they implant implement him into this offense that really took a big step forward a year ago. Um, Lawrence is is probably the best quarterback among any of these wide receivers that, that we have here. So um, that, that probably speaks a lot. And, and Ridley and Kirk both valued as wide receiver threes right now, according our AD, 
according to our ADP, Ridley at 27 and Christian Kirk at wide receiver 31. That seems a little bit low for each one of them. Maybe there's a little bit of value to be had there. Uh, the so, trade finder suggests that that Ridley um, – actually, I saw a handful of trades that were like straight up for running backs that that I think I would do them all. I, I saw one straight up for Rashad White. I saw another one oh, yeah. for Damian Pierce, which is – you, maybe you could be on each side of that. There was another one for Aaron Jones as well. So um, if you want to transfer from, from a running back over to a wide receiver, there's moves to be had there. If you got to give up a draft pick, you're not giving up more than like the the last pick in the first round or a couple of seconds or something like that for Ridley at this point, Do, right? Yeah, well, I, you, I think – go ahead, Ryan. I was just going to say, Dan Dan made the exact point I, I was going to say as I was looking at these names. Um, outside of the top 20 wide receivers on our ADP is Godwin, DJ Moore, Traylon Burks, Addison, McLaurin, Hollywood, and then you get to Calvin Ridley at wide receiver 27. So that string of seven or eight wide receivers, we have questions about every single one of their situations due to their quarterback, except Calvin Ridley. Now there's, there's questions about him as well as he, as he comes back after missing a year, what will that look like? New offense. There's, you know, I would say he's not a sure thing at this point. Um, but again, looking at the list and listening to Dan has, has kind of swayed me. I, I think I'd rather have Ridley than McLaurin uh, at this point. And maybe even the same is true of Christian Kirk down there a few spots lower. Well, I was going to I was going to ask you guys, do you think it's it's correct to have Ridley valued higher? I know it's not that much higher. It looks like about 12 spots uh, in terms of uh, overall ADP. But like, do you think that that's appropriate at this point? I kind of feel like like Kirk is being Over Kirk? overlooked. Yeah. I feel like Kirk is being overlooked at this point. He has the rapport with, with, with Trevor Lawrence. And I'm sure that will come with Ridley too this off season with, with, uh, with between those two. But to me, it feels like the, in terms of like target volume, that like Kirk is going to you know, lead that team in target volume, even ahead of Ridley. I think there's a lot of uncertainty about what to expect from that situation. And we'll, we'll mix Evan Ingram in there as yeah. well. Um, and that un- uncertainty is why both of these guys are maybe are pushed down a little bit yeah. lower than yeah. than we expect them to be. Um, and that was maybe my point. If if you can decipher, if you if you think you got a good gauge on how that offense is going to be going to play out, uh, you could probably profit off of it based on those prices. Uh, there is another, I would say, tier of wide receivers, kind of in the wide receiver three, wide receiver four range, guys. These guys are all in the, that same range between 26 and about 30 that could be had for significantly cheaper, including Deontay Johnson uh, at wide receiver 32, Amari Cooper at wide receiver 35, Keenan Allen comes in at wide receiver 37, and DeAndre Hopkins at 38. Of course, those guys both each turned 31 recently. We can throw in Mike Evans, who's about to be 30, Mike Williams, who's about to be 29, and Tyler Lockett, who's also 30 years old. Maybe Juju could be in this conversation uh, as he moves over to New England at wide receiver 45. Is there a is there a wide receiver here, Matt, that you think could, at least in the short term, outproduce what you're going to pay on the open market right now? I think Deontay Johnson is somebody to consider. Uh, you know, we we talked about how the last season about, you know, is, is Kenny Pickett going to target him as heavily as Ben Roethlisberger did. And he didn't quite get there. I guess he did play three more games last year than in 2021, but 147 targets last year, still pretty good. The catch rate was down about 5%, only caught 86 balls out of those 147 targets. Uh, but the really the, the biggest hit to his production and value last season was zero touchdowns. And in the previous three seasons, he scored five, seven, and eight. I don't think he's going to score zero touchdowns again. I mean, maybe he does, uh, but he's, he's not—he's certainly not somebody you you look to as a high touchdown producer, um, given his role and where he wins and how he succeeds and all that. But zero is egregious, and I would I would say it's, we're looking at five as a minimum next year. So just based on that, I think we're going to see his his value come up, or at least his production come up. Uh, and for that, I'm, I'm I'm willing to buy at this point at the low spot. I think last year we we all knew that that he was he was he was valued a little bit too high. I think he was in the low teens, uh, just outside of that wide receiver one range in ADP, uh, and now obviously much lower than that. So I like I like buying Deontay. Can I get him for an early second round pick? I like that. 
I think you might be able to. I was uh, I was definitely one of those uh, help pushing, helping to push that that value up for Deontay Johnson this time last year. Really, really loved him, and um, as much as I loved him, and and others did, he just seems to be hated by the dynasty community right yeah. now. So uh, I like him as a. Uh, not, not just a buy for contending dynasty teams, but really a buy low in general for some of the uh, reasons that you outlined. I am I am surprised to still see him ahead of George Pickens in our ADP. Yeah. They're they're close, mm-hmm. but uh, I would have guessed that Pickens um, would have more uh, more value right now than uh, than his teammate. Uh, I really like my guy Amari Cooper here. Um, it just just had a really strong bounce back year with the Browns. I think he's certainly in line to be the wide receiver one for that team. Again, we've heard the narrative really all off season, how they want to shift to a more pass heavy offense in Cleveland. That would, that would obviously be a good thing for Amari uh, produced six wide receiver one games last year. That was 35% of his games. He was a wide receiver one and uh, the value honestly just continues to trend downward despite that, uh, that solid season last year in Cleveland. So uh, he's, he's a pretty easy player to acquire. I mean, you look at the guys around him, Zay Flowers, George Pickens. Um, I mean, I think if you offered Amari for a mid first, which is where you might take Zay Flowers right now, you would probably get laughed at. Yeah, that's true. For sure you would. Um, But you know, I, I honestly, Ryan, I, I'm not surprised you pick Amari Cooper, but I think I saw you trade him away today in a league that we play in together. What's up with that? Yeah, well, it's a salary, <laughs> salary cap league, you know, uh, just, <laughs> the, the Cowboys didn't want to move on either, but they had to because he was. Ah, too I see. Money, so same, same thing. Yeah. Cooper is a good choice. Almost I like the Deontay Johnson call as well. <laughs> yeah. I like the Deontay Johnson call as well. If I had to pivot to a third name to talk about here. I think it would be Keenan Allen and he's probably the oldest guy on this list, but he might be awfully cheap if he's coming from the right roster. Uh, lots of dynasty managers see that 31 year old age and they think to themselves, I got to get what I can at this point. Again, he's not going to cost very much. And Keenan Allen has been so productive coming off uh, a down season where he was banged up for sure. I think he played 10 games. Only reached 89 targets, 66 catches for 750 yards, and he's never been a big touchdown producer. But I think he's got another year of 120, 130 targets, and that probably translates into the 90s for receptions, over 900 yards. And if he can get five, six, seven touchdowns, as he always has, that's that's pretty solid PPR numbers for what a second round pick uh maybe even a late second if you're trading for him in the right situation and getting him him off the right roster uh if you're if you if you're sending a a future second i do that in a heartbeat for keenan allen if you need if you need especially if you can slide him into your wide receiver three you're probably getting wide receiver two production on a lot of weeks there uh let's dig a little deeper guys we all know the names that are way down there ryan is there somebody that's beyond this group, beyond those, those top 48 wide receivers that you, you want to try to target to get some production out of? Uh, well, this guy shouldn't be outside of the top 48, but he is right now. He's the wide receiver 51, Brandon cooks, uh, love the one. situation in Dallas, uh, super cheap. The concussion issue is still, you know, pardon the phrase hanging over his head. And I mean, we're, we're just letting that impact, his value, he's going to put up a thousand yards in Dallas. Um, I, I just, I think he is even as the second option behind CD lamb. Uh, so I love Brandon cooks and uh, there's, I like some other even deeper guys as well. Matt, is there one for you? Another guy that you want to throw out there? I'll throw out Rashad Bateman. This one's a little bit risky. He is wide receiver 39. Uh, and, you know, we know the story with with him, a player that we really like, but just can't stay healthy, right? And he already has it again this season where he's, I think he's got a quarter zone ejection in his foot, some kind of issue with his foot. So it's a little bit scary, but we know when he's on the field, he's a good player. He scored 14 fantasy points in week one last year, over 20 in week two. Uh, you know, while Lamar was firing and also as we have Todd Munkin coming in, there's going to be a receiver uh, outside of Mark Andrews this year that has, I think, a big year. 
and, and I think Bateman is the most likely. Zay Flowers is certainly uh, um, a, a, a candidate to be that guy in year one. But I just still really like Bateman, and wide receiver 39 is one of the lowest prices, if not the lowest he's ever been. So I, I want to jump back in with him uh, at a reduced price and hope this offense gets revitalized. And, and Lamar, he seems real happy <laughs> about what's happening there right now compared to where he was last year. So I want pieces of this Baltimore passing offense while everybody else is saying that, oh, it's still they're still going to run the ball a ton. Uh, it's still going to be too little volume for these wide receivers. I really think that that one of them is going to emerge. And I think the most likely candidate is Bateman. Mm, I completely agree with you on everything you said there, Matt, except you said the wrong name. It's it's Odell Beckham, and he comes in at wide receiver 63, 30 years old and, you know, coming off the ACL, all that stuff. The last time we seen him in the Super Bowl, he was lights out. He looked really good. And everything we've seen this offseason from Baltimore suggests it's the it's the real deal. OBJ's back, including that contract. What do you get, like $15 million guaranteed for one year? They they have high hopes for OBJ there, and I honestly I'm pretty surprised that he's down there at wide receiver 63. I think the wide the dynasty community is probably sleeping a little bit on this. He would be my number one target if I wanted a cheap option to plug into my lineup. He's a little bit of a wild card, just like most of the names we're about to talk about. But he could really pay off. I, would we be shocked if he finished the season as like wide receiver 19 or something like that? Not at all. And right now he is wide receiver 63. I mean, I would much, much, much rather use the 140th overall pick on OBJ than, uh, than the 77th on Rashad Bateman, which is where their ADPs are right now. So it's fair. yeah, I'm, I, I can't, can't get on board with the Bateman call. I'm going to have to take away all the good things I said about Matt. <laughs> Uh, he was supposed to pick a wide receiver outside of the top 50. He didn't do that either. So come on, Matt. <laughs> fine. Uh, fine. Khalil Shakur. There you go. There you go. Okay. Okay. That's better. Uh, um, any other names, guys, that are worth mentioning right now that, that uh, dynasty managers out there might be able to like carve a little bit of value out of? Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in the Giants wide receiver core, which feels a little weird because uh, we haven't we haven't been interested in those guys since Odell Beckham left. Um, they're all cheap. First of all, they're all outside of the top 50 wide receivers. According to our latest ADP, Wondell Robinson, wide receiver 52. Jalen Hyatt is 62. Darius Slayton, 86. Paris Campbell, 87. Isaiah Hodgins, 88. So they're all in line there. Uh, our, our drafters don't know what to do with those guys either. I mean, Hodgins, we saw produce the last uh, month or six weeks of the season, even into the playoffs, was really their top target late in the season as so many of those guys dealt with injuries. Um uh, we, you know, we even saw guys like Richie James not only produce, but produce well enough to get some interest from the Kansas City Chiefs as he moved on. So this is really more of an investment in, in a Brian Dable offense than it is any of these specific players. But knowing they are so cheap, whether you're drafting or trading for uh, for some help at wide receiver, I, I really like taking a shot on almost all these guys. I'm I'm kind of off Darius Slayton. But the rest, I'm I'm interested in Robinson, Hyatt, Campbell, and Hodgins. I, yeah, I like all of that. Way down there, wide receiver, 88. Holy cow, he's not even getting drafted in most of our drafts. What were you going to say, Matt? I said I like all of that. To me, like it's it's Juan Dale. He's the one I'm laser focused on. Uh, the other guys yeah. don't really move the needle too much for me. I think he's going to be the best of those options. Hyatt scares me because they're going to try to play him outside, presumably, and that's going to make his transition even more difficult. But I want to throw out one more name, uh, Rondale Moore. Uh, he's played in 22 games over his first two seasons. So it's obviously an injury concern ever since that freshman year. Um, he started 15 of those in eight, uh, excuse me, in seven of those games, he earned eight or more targets. And in those games, he uh, averaged 9.7 targets, almost eight receptions, 77 yards and 17.24 fantasy points per game. That would have placed him as the wide receiver nine if he carried that for the whole season in 2020. Two, uh, he's played four games with Colt McCoy at quarterback. And two of those games, one, he caught 11 out of 11 passes. Another one, he caught nine of 13 for 94 yards. So with Colt McCoy in there, whether it's him or Clayton Toon is getting some buzz now, is maybe getting uh, uh, getting a chance to be the week one starter, that you know a lot of the stuff is going to be short and, and intermediate range. And that, to me, screams Rondale Moore. I'm surprised a little bit that his uh, dynasty ADP hasn't 
moved up with uh, with uh, Hopkins moving on, whereas an underdog ADP, it has moved up significantly. I think we're just off of Arizona. I mean, we've said it on this show that that's kind of a team to avoid. I think that's just the anti-Arizona bias that uh, Rondell Moore hasn't hasn't gained really any value. Hollywood has not gained much value. Uh, really, really all those guys have been kind of hands off uh, from what I've seen in leagues. So we did this entire segment, guys. And if you'd have done this every year for the last five or six years, you'd have listed a Chiefs wide receiver every single time. <laughs> we didn't even say it. No, nobody said Kadarius Tony. Nobody mentioned Sky Moore, Rashi Rice. Um, and maybe they're too young to qualify for this. If there was a Chiefs guy, you got to go get. Uh, I guess MVS is the old guy of the group. Who's that, Matt? Uh, I think it's Rice. Uh, I don't, I'm not a believer in Tony. I think Sky Moore had plenty of opportunity last year on a team that had really no one step up at the wide receiver position and it didn't happen. So I feel like it's not going to happen for him. Um, but Rice has a chance because he offers something different than uh, everybody else on that team. Throw in, uh, throw in uh, uh, Justin Ross in that too. Maybe has a shot. Oh boy. Nah. Ryan, you got a, <laughs> you got a chief you, you're going to go get? Yeah, the the cheapest one, Richie James, the name I already oh, mentioned, call. is, is the call. the game oh, the the guy yeah. I like there. Uh, wide receiver, ninety eight, two forty one overall. Uh, you know, honestly, I just trust him more than I trust Ross or more or Tony. I do like Rashi Rice, but obviously he's unproven and uh, costs way more than uh, yeah. than Richie James right now. Dynasty rankings. Yeah, let's throw some rankings together. This is a fun exercise to do. We're going to blend the 2022 and 2023 rookie wide receiver classes and try to tear them out, come to some kind of uh, consensus with the group. Um, Using ADP as a guide, fellas, it really feels like there's a pretty clear tier one. It's those, those former Ohio State Buckeyes that came out a year ago, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, both considered elite premier wide receivers at this point that's tier one right yeah no 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 contest lock it lock it in however you want to phrase it there's there's no one else i think in the same range as, as those two so tier of their own for those will for wilson and Olave. i think a lot of people might put drake london in that tier with those guys sure. uh i i at least considered it uh, ADP suggests maybe we should. He's uh, he's the next one in line, uh, but ultimately we we just saw both Wilson and Alave. I, I think prove it even um, you know even in their first season, while London didn't necessarily get that opportunity or or didn't uh, perform at the same level. Yeah, different type of offense, different kind of opportunity. Maybe that'll change in year two, but that's what kept him in in tier two. For me, uh, you mentioned ADP there. Alave and Wilson both considered top top uh, ten wide receivers. Wilson at wide receiver five, and Alave at wide receiver nine in the most recent ADP. Drake London down there at wide receiver fifteen. So it's probably safe to say that he and another Ohio State Buckeye alum, Jackson Smith and Jigba, our first twenty twenty three rookie, will kick off tier two. Um, beyond these two names. Is there anybody else to suggest? Because, guys, I, I wrestled it, and I, I ended up with Christian Watson in this tier. Yeah, I, I nearly had a, a really large second tier. I, I ended up with just London and JSN, uh, but definitely considered um, adding three or four other names to that group, and, and Watson obviously would have been one of those if I had done that. But, um, I mean, when we do these types of exercises, I really – try to think about from a draft or a trade standpoint, if, if I'm in, in a startup draft and it's the second round, I'm considering London or JSN. Would I even consider those other guys? Uh, Christian Watson being one of those. And ultimately I decided I didn't. That's what separated the tier for me. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I understand putting Watson there, but for me, there's still some question marks there. And, you know, really the same question marks we had with him coming out. Older prospect, is he going to earn consistent volume? Obviously, when he gets the targets, you know, there's a chance for a, a, an explosive play to happen. But, I mean, I, I, I don't know, Dan. I almost feel like 
he's not going to lead the target even this year. I think maybe that's a that's a that's a, a Jaden Reed uh, category, and that yeah. maybe doesn't matter for at the you know yeah he for, doesn't have to fan. I don't think yeah like for point for points he's going to score more touchdowns all of that stuff but for me he's just a cut below uh, London and 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 JSN who for, for, for to me feel like much more of a lock than than Watson does at this point. I, yeah, I, don't I know totally. If you guys... Oh, go ahead. Sorry, Dan. I I don't know if you guys have heard, but the Packers' offense is fast. That is yeah. that every every day I check Roto World, and that's there's some different uh, version of the same report that the the Packers' offense is going to be fast. So, um, I mean, if if we buy that, and there's there's no reason not to really. I mean, we can we can obviously expect some type of change. That's going to be. I mean, that's, that's great news for Christian Watson. If they're picking up the tempo, picking up the pace, more plays uh, in, in general is, is great news for Watson. He could obviously find himself in this, uh, in this range with these other guys pretty soon. Yeah. I really, I really moved him up into this range because of that touchdown upside. I, I think uh, he might have a high floor because of it, the big plays, the touchdowns, and then late in the season, especially, we started to see those gadget plays, those opportunity on ends or end arounds, uh, those quick toss plays as well. If that becomes a bigger part of his repertoire, I could see him uh, uh, being talked about as a fringe wide receiver one potentially. But it all really hinges on on Jordan Love and if he can deliver the ball the way some of us think he might be able to. Uh, let's so tier two's in the books. Let's uh, let's lock it in the. Uh, the young guys, once again, Drake London, Jackson Smith, and Jigba will push Watson to lead off tier three. Excuse me. <clears throat> uh, beyond that, we have Jordan Addison and Traylon Burks. There's a few other names we need to talk about as well. Beyond Watson and Burks, though, Ryan, uh, or Watson, Burks, and Addison, is there anybody else worth worth considering here? Yeah, there definitely are, are several worth considering. Um, I ended up with just those three in this tier, but again, almost ended up with a, a very large tier. Uh, guys like uh, Jahan Dotson, certainly uh, worth considering. I think you guys probably looked at him and and uh, Zay Flowers, another one that that I thought about including in this group, but ultimately uh, separated those guys. So I, I had Watson, Addison, and Burks in this group but nearly had uh, about 10 guys. Yeah, it was hard not to list all these young guys because they do seem like they're tightly packed and there's there's a little bit of room for, uh, or very little room, uh, wiggle room between them. Uh, the only guy I added to the tier was Jahan Dotson. And Matt, I see that you added him as well, along with another name. The reason I, I think Dotson has that upside is a lot of what you talked about, Ryan, with McLaurin. I'm I'm coming around on that Washington offense. I don't hate the quarterback situation as much as maybe we thought uh, we might. And then more than anything, just the the um, the general feel in Washington, that coaching staff. They're they're trying to to change the culture there, as they all, everybody says. I'm kind of believing in it, and I think Dotson is more that kind of receiver that they want to use. They want to push the ball down the field yards after catch and Dotson he's the guy that can bring that he might he might surprise and I wouldn't be shocked if he has like a 95 catch season or something like that yeah he he showed his touchdown upside as well led the team in touchdowns despite missing multiple games I mean going going back to that conversation we had earlier a little bit in, in dynasty not not from an NFL standpoint would you rather have Kirk and Ridley or McLaurin and Dotson. Mm. It's real close. <laughs> That's tough. It's tight. Real close. Uh, I think I want the Jags, but it I, is think I, I think Jags I want the Jags guys. Yeah. Yeah, I do too, but it's really close. And for me, Dotson, I don't, I, I've not understood this the entire off season, why Dotson is ranked, you know, per, you know, I guess it's not that far below, but a full round basically behind uh, guys like uh, more than that for Christian Watson, I guess, but Christian Watson and Traylon Burks, like he's in this, I think Dotson deserves to be valued just like those guys. Instead of wide receiver 30, he should be up in those early twenties. 
uh, for me based on what he showed. I guess the the difference you could say is that Burks and, and Watson are maybe you could say the unquestioned wide receiver one on their team and, and, and Dotson doesn't necessarily that. But otherwise, like from a production standpoint, from the way he fits in the offense, from what he showed as a rookie, like to me, he is he's in the same tier as those other other guys. So that's why I placed him here. If if there's one guy, I don't want to just glance over Traylon Burks's name because we only mentioned it in passing here. If there's one guy that gave me a little bit of pause when I typed his name into this tier, it was Burks because he did have a Jekyll and Hyde rookie season where he didn't really, we, we mentioned Drake London. He didn't get the opportunities. Didn't, didn't really grab the bull by the horns per se. Traylon Burks didn't really either. He had a couple of flashes, a couple of moments, but really we're, we're placing him in tier three based on his pedigree and what we thought coming out of college. A lot of those guys slide down a tier when we start talking about these. Did you consider pushing him down at all? No, I, I think he is going to, I think just think his volume in, in 2023 is going to be massive outside of a conquo. Like, were we going to like throw a, throw 15 balls a game to Nick Westbrook, Akine? Uh, I just, I just think that he's going like the team I think is going to be bad. Uh, and they're going to throw a lot. So Burks is going to be the recipient of that. Him or Oconquo, one of those guys are going to, maybe both are going to have a, a, a huge season. Um, but I'm going to bet on on Burks at this point. You had one other name in there, Matt. You threw Jay, Zay Flowers in Tier 3. You got high hopes for the Baltimore rookie. Yeah, for all the reasons we talked about before with, with Bateman, and you guys really like Odell at that price, and I agree with you. But, but Zay Jones, a first-round uh, pick, uh, and, uh, you know, the only thing he, you can say that he doesn't have is size. And he's shown that that doesn't necessarily matter for him, at least at the collegiate level, maybe it will at the NFL that remains to be seen. Um, but so much buzz on him right before the draft. Uh, and I think he's somebody to be excited about, especially in this new Todd Munkin offense, uh, but presumably, you know, he, he, Todd Munkin wanted to go and get this guy. So you would think he has a plan for him. You finally did it. Matt, I've, I think I've done it a couple times on the show. You said Zay Jones instead of Zay. Ah, I, that was bound Darn. to happen. It was bound to happen. <laughs> so Zay, Zay Flowers <laughs> will kick off uh, <laughs> tier four, guys. Uh, just let's scoot right past that. Beyond that, we, we kind of were in agreement, really. Outside of Flowers, it's second year, uh, I guess, um, suspended second year wide receiver Jamison Williams. Uh, George Pickens, who has some big time upside, and Quentin Johnston. That pretty much makes up tier four for all of us. If there's a guy who stands out among this group, Ryan, that maybe you think, man, he's the one that could could jump up into the tier three, maybe even tier two among these wide receivers this year, who would that be? Well, it's got to be Jamison Williams, I think. Uh, I, I feel like he's got the highest upside uh, of this group. Uh, obviously was uh, drafted very highly and, and things have just gone poorly for him from the uh, uh, coming back from the injury in college. And then, uh, and then of course this suspension and this gambling issue. So I, I still feel like he has a ton of upside. I, I'm almost going back to the Burks conversation because this is essentially a group of players with a lot of questions. Um, Quentin Johnston, George Pickens, Jamison Williams, maybe Burks does belong a little bit more in that group of, of guys we're not quite as confident in as the others. But regardless, um, still a, a ton of value with this group. We're talking about the fourth tier of these first and second year wideouts and uh, still players that could, you know, could come off the board in the third or fourth round of a startup draft. Yeah, and we've, we've covered 12 names now. Uh, in these four tiers and they're all 21 22 23 years old this Love is it. the you know the the era of the wide receiver Matt if there's a guy for you in this group outside of Jamison Williams who would that be I think it's Quentin Johnston and there's been no player that I have kind of moved my opinion from I'm completely out on to completely in on uh, than Quentin Johnston and it's really a product of the landing spot uh, I think Mike Williams is always going to continue to struggle with his, you know, playing a full season in the NFL. Keenan Allen is 30 years old. We have a new play caller in Kellen Moore who really wants to throw the ball downfield. And that's what Quentin Johnson does well. He's fast. He's big. 
He can catch the ball downfield. We've seen in the, I know it's, it's just, uh, you know, OTAs and practices, but we've seen him sky for the ball and win in those contested situations uh, and catch the ball away from his body. And that's not something we saw a ton of on film. So maybe these, this development, maybe these coaches have really gotten to him already and are helping along um, become that complete receiver that, uh, you know, people that, are, that were really high on him in the pre-draft process saw, and I didn't see. But with this landing spot, with this coaching staff, with this quarterback, uh, I, I feel like Quentin Johnson is going to be a hit in year one. Yeah, four names there in Tier 4. Flowers, Williams, Pickens, and Johnston. Tier 5, there were six names that we all agreed on here, guys. It's Marvin Mims, it's Wandale Robinson, Jaden Reed, Rashi Rice, Jonathan Mingo, and Josh Downs. Quite a few rookies in that group and then sprinkle in Wandale Robinson who really stands out to me guys as the one that could take that leap forward you mentioned the wide receiver position in New York Daniel Jones there Ryan in your in our conversation about uh guys to to maybe target in the trade market uh Wandale coming off that injury if he's if he's at full strength which is a big if I would say man he he really looks good in that slot role in New York uh, his name really stands out to me among this group. Anybody specific for you, Ryan? Uh, well, I'm, I mean, being a being a Kentucky homer, Wandale is my guy for sure. Uh, I do think he still ends up um, missing the start of the season, whether sure. that's uh, whether he's on pup or or just misses, you know, a couple games. We'll we'll see, but uh, maybe maybe that gives us a buying opportunity for him. Uh, the rest, you know, are, are tough to say because they are rookies. Josh Downs is is my favorite of this group, um, but each of these guys, Mems, Downs, Reed, Rice, each of these are uh, are exciting to invest in in that second round range of of rookie drafts. Beyond those six, Matt, you threw in one more name, another rookie, Tank Dell, who you've been you've been high on from the beginning of this process. Tell me why you you think he fits in with these other names. It's it's got to be the upside, right? Yeah, I just I I know the size is the issue, but to me, Tank Dell is like the 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 player that makes you question the size conversation at wide receiver. For me, the there, there's a few points of, of 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 the size argument. One is is injuries because he's smaller, he's going to get hit by bigger and faster players, so he's gonna, not going to make it. He hasn't missed a single game in college. Obviously, that's going to change in the NFL with these bigger, faster guys. Uh, you know, the contested catch ability against bigger defenders, but he did that in college too. He was seven for thirteen on contested catch opportunities. Aforementioned Quentin Johnston was just eight of twenty-three to bite, just by being six to eight inches taller, forty pounds heavier. Uh, so he's just he's just really fun player. He's all you, you watch the tape and from college, there was never. A, there was never a scenario where he was covered. He was just always open, whether it was at the goal line, whether it was on the boundaries, whether it was underneath, it just didn't matter. He was always open. And I think that's going to be uh, something that translates to the NFL. Uh, we also have the narrative that, that CJ Stroud wanted the Houston to draft them. And I know that's probably a little bit narrative street for some people, but it works out in the NFL. We saw Joe Burrow go after Jamar Chase, obviously a very different caliber of player, right? We saw Tua go after, uh, uh, after Jaden Waddle, uh, Jalen Waddle, uh, and it worked out pretty well. And again, obviously a different tier of player we're talking about here. But I just really like that that uh, he was handpicked by the new quarterback that they're going to grow together. Uh, and I, I think he's going to be a lot better uh, from a PPR's perspective than we are giving him credit for at this point. Uh, all good points about Tank Dell, um, Ryan. We, you, and I each added Jalen Hyatt and Sky Moore. Who, honestly, I'm I'm going to give Sky Moore a pass for last year up until I'm through not. this off season. <laughs> I want to see I want to see that highlight. I got to see it. See something something happen in practice through OTAs, mini camps, and uh, and maybe even the preseason. But if it doesn't come together quick, he's going to tumble a lot of these tears. Yeah, that's really one of the, um, I think one of the most difficult and honestly the most important decisions that we make in, in Dynasty is when to give up on on these potential busts, these players that start slowly, especially a guy like Sky Moore, who is a first round uh, rookie pick in in Dynasty leagues and struggled in year one. Do we do we cash out now? Do we? Uh, take what we can get or or ride it out and and kind of stick to our priors. I'm with you. I'm I'm willing to give him another chance as well. A lot of that has to do with the the depth chart or lack of yeah. depth chart in Kansas City. 
uh, the, the path is, is pretty wide open in my opinion. So, um, and, and he's honestly one of the few players from the class of 2021 that, uh, or 2022, excuse me, uh, that we, that we have seen lose value, uh, mm-hmm. coming from a, a, a top draft pick. So yeah, I'm willing to give him another shot as well. Jalen Hyatt is really just an upside play. I mean, I've got all the same concerns that we've talked about and, uh, the, the early OTA reports and rookie minicamp reports have not been great on Hyatt. Uh, but again, his ADP super low. So the investment is, uh, is pretty low here. We all put together a tier six as well. We have names like Khalil Shakir and Romeo Dobbs, Cedric Tillman, Alec Pierce, Taekwon Thornton, Puka Nakua. Those are the types of names you're going to find in tier six. Um, more, more of that upside. There's a little bit of upside with each of them. But there's questions about each of those guys as well. We're out of time, so we got to wrap this thing up. For Ryan and, and Matt, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening to this episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We'll catch you again next week. Thank you for listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Please remember to rate and review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.